Welcome back to Range Anxiety for your Sunday session. Recorded on a Saturday, actually, so I'm getting a bit closer in the timeline now. So you can have your 24 minutes because we have no advertisers of automotive experience or my take on things every week. And uh, welcome to the Sunday session and thank you to the Muppets for the Muppet Show theme. Who didn't love that blossoming romance between Kermit and Miss Piggy? I always wondered how a frog and a pig would get it on, but I suppose, you know, <laughs> that was something only the Muppets knew. Uh, okay, now, funny stuff. Uh, everyone, I've got a lot of comments about me trying to steal someone's leaf accidentally. The poor little leaf. Um, yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. But something even cooler happened this week. I had some guy ring up. I was quite busy. And uh, the reception team put him through to me because he wanted to, to speak to me about building a performance engine not just tuning, but a performance engine for his 100 series Land Cruiser. Now, you know, some 25, 30 or whatever they are, year old, six cylinder diesel thing with the mechanical efficiency of a hammer and the performance of a sea slug. You want to build a performance engine for it? And I was reasonably polite. I said, listen, this isn't the sort of work we do. Um, as he started out with, uh, do you build performance engines? And I said, well, it depends what it is. You know, we sometimes get suckered into doing it for GDRs or, you know, Lamborghinis or something like that. Uh, Commodores, generally, definitely, LS series. But 100 series diesel, I said, honestly, mate, you need to go to a diesel specialist for that because, you know, A, we have no experience at it, and B, I don't want the filthy thing leaching shit and grease and diesel all over the floor. I like my floors. They're nice and shiny. So I said, look, mate, uh, go here, go there, can't help you, sorry. And it was quite busy because I had an engine running in the background. And uh, anyway, he goes, oh, yeah, fair enough. Thought you might have been more help. Well, I gave you, you know, people to ring, dickhead. So I said, oh, no worries, mate. See you later. I was busy. So I hung up. Ten minutes later, I had the um, reception team come back to me and say, oh, Martin, just sort of let you know, some guy just rang up and said, that Martin's a dickhead and he can get f***ed and hung up. I said, oh, really? I'm making more fans. I love it. So I thought, I'm going to see who this is. Because we've got really good technology, we've got a cool log register on the server up work because we run web phone system. And sure enough, it was a guy that rang to speak to me about his Land Cruiser. Had to ring up and tell the reception team that I was a dickhead, which they thought was quite funny. They're like, yeah, we know this. So I know your name and I know your number. I won't publish your number next Epicast, so anyone that's a regular subscriber can send him a thank you message. You'll love it. But what you are going to get, dickhead, is every free solar offer, survey, call centre, um, erectile dysfunction email and call and text known to mankind because I've put you on the list. It's great having a good IT department. Sucked in. Anyway, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. I did. It's quite a badge of honour that 100 series cruiser owners think you're a dickhead. Read that any way you want. Now, on to the Muppet Show. That boys and girls and dear listeners, is having a good sticking your head in the door of any car manufacturing, bar a couple, company at the moment in the design studio. It's a comedy, a comedy of errors and a comedy of stupidity. So let's get my take on it all right now. And you might be surprised. It's not going to be, oh yeah, Telstra are the best, their stuff everyone else. Telstra have their own unique problems as well, and we'll cover those. Well, let's start at the very bottom of the list. And that, the honour of the big players 
that has the most trouble and it made, made the most mistakes in the last 20 years, that goes to Toyota. Now, Toyota makes some very good products, LC200, LC300. You know, they're, they're products that fit a market and people want them and they're killer. You know, if you like dragging around like 10 tons of shit, they are the vehicle of choice. And of course, there's the LC79. I mean, what other car company in the world could uh, charge 100 grand for a car with wind-up windows in uh, 2021? You think about that for a minute. Toyota aren't all stupid. Where they've made some significant errors, though, is their biggest error is that they actually cannot make an electric car. They're, they're, they've tried, they've tried with the, you know, the hybrid. They went down the hybrid rabbit hole thinking it was cool, and hybrids are soon to be a thing of the past. And then they went down the hydrogen rabbit hole thinking that's cool, and they're still going down it. You know, I saw something the other day about a Yaris GR with an internal combustion engine running on hydrogen. I could think of no bigger incendiary device than that, so it'll never make it to production. They might get it running in a show car and do some laps of the ring or whatever else, you know, floats the boat or will get them massive government grants. Yeah, okay, we're getting something closer here. Yeah, we're getting to the point. But hydrogens for passenger cars it's a total waste of time it's dead it's only the only reason anyone would be pursuing a hydrogen platform right now is to screw money out of even dumber governments because it'll never happen simple as that maybe in trucks but more on that later too that's even getting more and more fun so yeah uh and to make matters worse uh toyota have now just basically shit the bed they're going to go electric they're 20 or 30 years behind everybody else, or maybe not some of the other ice manufacturers, but to do so, they've had to partner with a BYD, a Chinese car company uh, that are big into electrification and allegedly don't make a bad product. I haven't built a BYD, but they've, they've got some pretty good, uh, sorry, I haven't driven a BYD, but they've got some pretty good uh, blade battery technology and other things. But Toyota have just dropped their pants and um, spread the cheeks and said, uh, China, we need you because without you, we can't survive. Yep, you heard it here first. And I, you know, or I know all the hermit crab owners out there will probably hate me for it, but yeah, that is a good car. Uh, thank you, Danke schön, um, to BMW for that one. And the Yaris, that's a great little thing, you know. And I think, you know, Toyota pretty much done all that one by themselves, which is fantastic, but uh, they're in a lot of trouble because people simply don't want their cars anymore are, are going to get to the point where they don't want them and they're not going to be ready. So uh, look for an imminent Chinese takeover of Toyota at some stage. So, yeah, there you go. The uh, LC3 400 might be a Havel. You heard it here first. Next on the list is Stellantis. Now, Stellantis, it sounds like an underwater um, uh, sea city, doesn't it? Look, Atlantis, Stellantis. You know, that's the, basically all the effluent of the world's car companies scraped up into one big plate and put in the microwave. You know, we got Chrysler, Dodge, Peugeot, I don't know, Citroen. I think they're all part of Stellantis. It's one big, you know, yeah, thing. Um, waste management facility. And But you've got to give it to them. They're honest, right? Uh, the CEO came out the other day of Stellantis and said, we simply cannot... Uh, manufacturers are going to run into trouble here unless we, you know, scrape all the effluent together like we have. We can't afford to build electric cars. We can't afford to run parallel production lines, which is the big problem, right? You can't, you know, it's like it's like doubling 
your, your factory costs and changing your entire workforce and everything. We simply can't afford to do it. At least they're honest. You know, I kind of like that. And, of course, you know, with Stellantis, uh, they do make some stupid mistakes. Like, you know, uh, the Dodge Hellcat and the Demon and all those red eyes and all those, you know, funky piles of junk. They're going to electrify them. Now, the only reason people buy Hellcats and Demons, in, in my knowledge, from the people I know that own them, is because they sound killer, bro. They're sick. I'm like the wicked skidsmai. No one wants one. No one wants a slot car version, and that's just you know dumb. I think it's about that's going to be about an electric demon will probably be about as hardcore as what a PT Cruiser, and now and that is a fair sack of shit. Remember, you didn't hear that here first. The motoring industry has been saying that for years. So let's move on again. Let's move on to another manufacturer, Stellantis. Oh, good luck. They're going to go the same way as the underwater city, I think. That'll be something we look in and on in, you know, 20 years' time and go, wow, is that where it is? <laughs> I wonder if there's any hidden treasures. Nah, you might find a few dirty old Mopar parts. That's about it. Let's move on again. Now, Ford. Mm. Oh. Ford are doing a pretty good job, I think. They're keeping their mouths a little bit more shut than some of the other American players. And, you know, they've got that F-150 Lightning thing, which looked pretty cool, which will uh, more than likely send them out of business. Well, it won't, because uh, Joe will, um, Brandon, will have it, you know, will just start funneling America's taxpayer money into it to keep it alive. You know, we can't let the big F die. Well, they might, because he's fallen in love with the, you know, someone else now, but her name is Barra. We'll get on to more, more, more on that one shortly. But Ford, they basically have a shit house lineup of cars, don't they? They've got the trucks, and they've got the Mustang, and the Mustang's getting old now. And there's only so many ways, or so many times, you can put a piece of horse flesh in the microwave and keep reheating it before it becomes poisonous. And that's, you know, it's a bit like chicken, isn't it? And that's exactly where Ford are going wrong with the Mustang. It's it's cool and everything else, but it's old and it's irrelevant now. F-Trucks, right? Well, you know, I've got my thoughts on them, but I am obviously don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because they're still the biggest selling four-wheeled pile of shit in the world. So, you know, with the F-250, 350 and 150, yeah. I mean, I don't like the performance versions of the 150. I don't like the performance versions of the truck, but there is something pretty cool about a 250 or a 350 with the big power stroke in there, you know? They're actually pretty cool. I think they got way too many gears with a 10-speed in them. It's a bit useless when you got such a big, you know, cranking engine there. They are cool, right? I've driven a few. 20 models and 19 models and 18 models. They're actually cool. I'd have an F-Truck over a Mustang any day. The rest of Ford's lineup, just scrape it into the bin. I mean, who wants it? Like, you know, rebadged whatever's little funny European things that, you know, you open the bonnet by flicking the, or the hood, by flicking the badge up at the front and putting a key in it and shit like that. I don't know if they still do that, but that was just, that was just nasty, that that kind of thinking. But, you know, Ford have been over for Volkswagen and, uh, or they've done, you know, their deals with Amarox and, as, as we said, and Rangers, just so they can get access to the MEB electric Volkswagen platform, you know, there's a reason for everything in this world. They're not just Muppets. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's an interesting one, but, uh, yeah, Ford should have done it themselves, but they can't, they can't afford to, they don't have the facility. They don't, their supply chains are all wrong. They're basically rooted unless they jump into bed with someone else and Brandon shovels a shitload of money at them. But who's the worst? 
The worst, the worst arrest. Mary, you did it. You electrified the entire auto industry. Bloody GM. Now, what an absolute joke of a company. They make some good stuff, like the Corvette C8. It's going to be a beauty. Um, but they do dumb shit. Well, they can't hold them for a start, which was probably the coolest GM product made. I don't give a shit if it lost the money. They should have adopted more of that platform in the US and had some better cars for people to buy. You heard it here first. Holden was the best outreach arm of GM that existed, and Obama killed it. You know, it was some backroom deal that made GM kill it to get their money. C8, yeah, cool. Everything else GM, oh, the big Silverados and stuff are cool, but everything else GM just scrape it to the bin of shit. Like this, the compact stuff is just horrific. Look at the bolt. It's an absolute disaster. Like, they're not going to start making them till mid-next year now, because they can't stop the things exploding. Imagine having bought one, at least one, loaned the money or something to buy a bloody bolt, because you believe the rhetoric coming out of GM, and now you've got something that's worth uh, five bucks. You've just done your dough, because they're stupid and don't know what they're doing, essentially. Uh, and, and, and the way they've handled the fix is just staggering. But worst of all is the fact that Mary Barra, the CEO, sits there and was directly asked by an by, um, auto commentator in the US um, how she can uh, go around nodding at the fact that she has the most electric car company in the world. How, uh, why don't you acknowledge Tesla? And the sidestepping was amazing. She was like, um, uh, you know, I don't really want to talk about Tesla. Of course you bloody don't. They can actually build an electric car. Well, you know, that's what they do. They don't sit there, you know, named after an XR6 turbo motor, Mary Barra, and talk about how they're leading the world industry when they have one electric vehicle that explodes into flames that they won't build anymore for that reason. This is where the world is shit. And media is shit. It's all cash for comments. And my, my experience, I'm not saying that about all media, but all the media I've worked for over the years, it's all been cash for comments. And I think... You know, if you look at some of the big uh, papers and stuff in Australia and how they award car of the years, there certainly seems to be some link between awards and advertising dollars. Who would have thought that you look after those that look after you? Right. Um, and yeah, if we're going to start criticising car companies, let's let's give let's sink the boots into Tesla a little bit. You know, they make four cars: um, S3, XY, sexy. You know, the S is allegedly long in the tooth, even though it's got a world-leading powertrain, modern powertrain in it. The 3's been around since 17, 18, 18. So it's, you know, three years old. The Y's about 18 months old. And the X, you know, with the big doors, that's been around a little while too. And it's an old design, even though it's got, you know, cranking plaid powertrain technology. Big problem with Tesla is they've got a lot of irons in the fire and no factories to build them in. You know, Giga Berlin has been a, a disaster of red tape. You know, they, they're talking about yeah, going back into meetings and meetings and meetings about environmental impact. More on that in a minute. Giga Texas uh, will be a good thing. That's about to start cranking cars. Here comes a hog. Can you hear the hog? He's coming in to see me. No, he's not. He's turning around. Yes. Well, we are in the hills at Ashton Cold Store today. And the last thing you want to be doing with a hog is riding it in the hills because they're a fair shitbox when there's corners involved. Remember, you didn't hear that here first. People have been saying that for years too. Where was I? Yeah, Tesla, they really need. They've got so many irons in the fire with the new $20,000, $30,000 small car. Listen to that thing. 
wow, that's rubbish, isn't it? And they've got, you know, the cyber truck, which no one believes will ever be built. They've got the roads to which they started taking deposits on years ago, you know, putting up 260 grand or 160 grand to have one of the founders edition. You know, I'd be pretty pissed if I'd paid that money in 17 and still didn't have the car as we're rapidly rolling into 22. But as their factories come online, I think that bottleneck will be eased. And, you know, the most valuable car company in the world, they've got the money to build all these factories. So they've got Fremont in California in the Silicon Valley area uh, with their battery plant there. They've got Giga Nevada. They've got a battery plant in Nevada. They've got Giga Texas, which will be uh, home of the Y and the Cybertruck mainly. They've got Fremont uh, is home of the S and the 3 and the Y at the moment. They've got Shanghai, you know, which is builds everything for export and domestic in China and, and Berlin, which will be mainly Ys and threes, I would think. So, you know, they, they are going to be a world leader, but at the moment, they're kind of caught in red tape and everyone knows uh, Big Daddy Elon likes to over-promise and under-deliver just a little bit sometimes. But anyway, who cares? You know, he's making money and good on him. And the cars are the best. Full stop. Sorry, you did hear that here first. Now, what new is going on? Speaking of Tesla and the Semi, the Semi, that'll be coming out of Nevada originally. Uh, sorry, eventually. Even though PepsiCo are putting in charges for them now, mega charges. But anyway, on to trucking. No, the trucking industry in Australia is now officially screwed. We, not only have we had an aluminium and a magnesium and a semiconductor shortage, now China has decided to turn the taps off on AdBlue. Particularly for Australia. <laughs> Be careful who you pick. Fights with government. Don't pick a fight with someone that owns the sandpit and all the toys that are in it. So yeah, our trucks need AdBlue. It gets injected into the exhaust to, you know, to calm down the oxides of oxides of nitrogen. Greta needs that. And you know, it is, it is shitful stuff. Um, but AdBlue is, is, is uh, mainly, its main constituent is urea, which you commonly find in piss. And it also is commonly used in fertilizer. And so China have gone, right, we need all the urea for fertilizer. Australia, get stuffed, no more AdBlue, very limited supply. And without AdBlue, truck stop. And without trucks running, you start not being able to eat. Get it? If you want to shut down a country, shut down the transport. You know, all the all the slim dusty listening a road uh, roadhouse hot dog eating dudes with stickers on the back without trucks australia stops they're kind of right and you know think about that over a, a, a few greasy dim sims at a roadhouse um without trucks the world stops you know so they've got us by the bowls now there is one solution here but greta will not let us do it and that is the smart guys in the computer game could actually go into all the modern trucks and turn the AdBlue systems off and bypass the AdBlue systems and bypass the emission controls of the trucks. However, that is highly illegal. And if you do that, you get shut down uh, by the EPA here and probably anywhere else in the world for that matter. But we'll see how much of a balancing act that becomes when supplies stop and people can't bloody well eat. Who's going to win? Greta or the starving masses? You know what? Uh, the way it looks right now, I'd say Greta will still win and uh, will be told to suck it up and do without basic things. So having heard that, go outside and put a veggie patch 
in your backyard because by golly, by gosh, you're going to need it very soon because the world is pretty much screwed and screwed because um, Chairman Z just decided we're a bunch of wankers. So, you know, it's a great trade war, really, isn't it? So, yeah, traditionally, in a modern, you know, in a, in a historical war, they get offshore and just start bombarding everything on the land, and then when everyone's softened up, boom, in they walk. Now, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen in any way here, but it's a nice softening up process, isn't it? And then once all the industry's stuffed here, just roll in your own industry. This will be a war that's won, done, and run without a shot ever being fired. And already we're in the final death spiral of it now because we can't do anything without our enemy supplying it to us. Enemy in, in you know, a media enemy. There's nothing wrong with Chinese industry, in my opinion. And there's nothing wrong with China, in my opinion. They've just done a better bloody job of everything than us, than us because they're not a greedy bunch of wankers. Well, that's my cynical take on it. Um, and the communist government, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to live in a communist, on a communist regime, but, you know, they, they seem to have control. Like, hey, everyone go and get your COVID shot or we'll kill you. And, you know, everyone's going to get their COVID shots and stuff like that. There's no, like... I'm doing what I want because I'm related to Ned Kelly and I'll fucking do what I want while you're holding your hand out to the government for your Centrelink payments. Like, you know, this is where the West has really screwed themselves. And, yeah, anyway. But one, there's only one thing that we can't be screwed with and that's the sun, right? The sun's up there in the sky. The only thing that can screw us there is, there are two things actually, is clouds and Dr. Evil, because he's probably the only person I know that is capable of making a sun obstruction device. Um, so once we don't rely on chemicals made in China or chemicals or, or minerals, oils dug up or sucked out of the seabeds or dug up out of the ground in the, sucked out of the ground in the Middle East, you know, if we're tied to geographical locations and political whimsy to run our entire lives and our entire transport, because without transport, there is no life. And we've always had a gun at our head. We've actually got Stockholm Syndrome that we love our captors. That's why people go, petrol for me and oil forever. Because they've fallen in love with their captors because we've been held captive so long. We've had a shotgun stuffed down our throat and you will pay. You will pay whatever we want you to pay to go any distance. We feel like telling you to go. And if you don't like it, fucking well walk. Yeah, I'm getting incensed by this, right? Hence the F-bombs and the swear words. But you know, with the sun, we get a level playing field. And I'm going to charge it for the sun. And there's plenty of it. It's the biggest energy source in the universe, right? And you can harvest it. You can put in your own fuel station at home to harvest it and do what the hell you want with. Ah, see? No more are we trapped. But you think governments who are funded by big oil are going to let this happen easily? There's going to be more kicking and screaming and resistance and taxing and, and, and solar price increases and the infrastructure to do it then you could believe because the richest companies in the world are going to suffer. And companies like Aramco make the banks look like the sort of shit you drop out of your pocket at the bar when you're reaching to pay for that schooner. So yeah, don't expect miracles here, but there's no way I'm ever going to allow myself to be tied into big oil ever again. I always have petrol burners and I love them. Um, 
and you know they've made me a career and money, but I refuse to have some fat cat that sits in an office stick a shotgun down my throat and tell me what I can and can't do. You know why? Because I'm related to Ned Kelly, and that's it. You've heard it all on Range Anxiety. Have a bloody good weekend on ya.